Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 72, September 16th, 2023. So glad you could make it. I've been uh, thinking about all the things this week, um, staying busy and and occupied, perhaps distracted. I'm sure that's the uh, healthy way to process grief and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. But but we are back to school, and uh, it, I guess it was a long, a long feeling week. I've been thinking about a couple of things. Um, well, I've been thinking about identity, and I guess it started in relation to my students and trying to understand individual students. I've, I talk about this quite a bit, but but of course, there's an individual identity, and there's a, a group of a corporate identity that that occurs in a classroom and we're only three four weeks in and so still settling that that corporate identity and then working around the room with with 30 kids in a room it's it's tricky to pick up on individual identities but i i don't i don't know what it was like for everybody, of course, and and so maybe this is rose-colored glasses or some things like that. But I, you know, the Beach Boys used to sing about it: "Be true to your school." And so I, I think that there, perhaps, there was an identification with school, with with church groups, with country, um, with community. I, I think that those things are fairly heavily eroded now for for good reason in some cases in many cases but that that leaves the question of of identity and where does it where does it come from i I had my ap seminar students try to write down as many as they could i'm working on the uh the bracket for this um i don't want to get into it too far today but um i just there's just myriad it's just uh, like there's a fractured pool of places to form identity. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of options that that bring cohesion. I think these are all just things I've been thinking about this week, and and honestly haven't even said out loud until this point. So maybe this is just a frame for the DT madness bracket of identity that will, that will occur perhaps in the next couple of weeks. I, I thought about my own identity. I don't know that I've come up with, with 16 yet. You know, of course, father, husband, son, brother, announcer of football games. Tennis is a huge part of my identity and, and um, kind of the poet dreamer philosopher part of me the podcaster we'll see how much longer it runs 
um, the mayor, you know, and that's something that I've been thinking about. It's interesting to me to think about this, these past couple of weeks and the services that we had, especially this, this time last Saturday and how, I, how the various identities that I have were, you know, intertwined and commingling and all that kind of stuff. And I, I suppose that's always the case for everyone. Um, but there was part of being mayor that was a part of, you know, the things that I said to people, the way I greeted people, the way I composed myself. I think that was a part of all that. Of course, being a teacher is, is a huge part of, of my identity as well. And, and I, I, I put down pastor. I, I think one of the things I'm, I'm still getting better at that being maybe in the present. Um, and, and dealing with things in the past, not worrying too much about things in the future. Still got a lot of ways to go on that one, but um, I read I read something the other day that that one of those ways that we're not in the present present is to always be considering what could have happened, you know. And I, I oh man, I don't know. Like there was there was just this time where I thought that that pastoral identity was going to be a bigger part, and it it it's still a big part of me, and it's just expresses itself in different in different roles and so that and the mayor and the teacher and and all that kind of stuff father all that kind of stuff comes in and and rolls itself into one but i I don't have identity as much with those institutions that i mentioned at the beginning um those institutions are maybe not crumbling but definitely in in dire need of reorganization or renewal you know redefinition perhaps um so anyway maybe we'll get into all that kind of stuff i've i've tried to think about the idea of discipline and how i could introduce that to to my to my students we have a a new teacher on the hall in, in the social studies department and he was really struggling on friday um with the the inability of the students to to think and mixed with the the lack of desire and i think i i threw in to them that i i'm not sure they know what the end goal is i'm not sure they know what the telos is the aim <clears throat> but and i'm not sure that i could could give it to them um i've, I've thought about this idea of of the american dream and things like that and how you know the the conservative viewpoint is to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can get it done in the us at least the old school conservative i don't know that that's still the case the most republican states now are the most heavily dependent on the federal government but that's a different topic and it is true i do believe that with effort and the right attitude and you know whatever uh all that kind of stuff that you can improve your station in 
in this system that we have. But it has to be admitted that that there are kids coming with disadvantages, which the pushback is, but yeah, they can overcome those disadvantages, which my pushback is, yeah, but they're kids, man. Like they're not they're not reasoning through this. They're not you know, using their frontal lobe to their prefrontal cortex to, to make serious and, and significant judgments. It's not where they are. They're they're surviving. They're they're surviving, you know, they're building up their their loyal friend network and and in in many cases they're lower down on the on the rungs than that, where they really have to worry about safety and security and maybe even food. <laughs> so anyway, I've been thinking about all that, but but I want to introduce discipline and the idea of that and begin to think about that kind of stuff to maybe get their wheels turning. We'll see how that goes. It makes me think about it as well. Um, but yeah, that's a, a lot of, of babbling up front. Really just to say that I've, I've been using chat GPT. <laughs> um, I, I, I hadn't yet really until just the other day I got to thinking, you know what, the, the big, the big rallying cry right now is to, is to try to make sure that students aren't using that to write their own papers and stuff like that. And I have to worry about that in AP seminar, but this is the first time I've taught AP seminar. And so I use chat GPT to see about creating lesson plans and activities for me. And it's pretty good at it. <laughs> turns out it makes me feel pretty good because when I put in lesson plans for psychology or, you know, civics, the things that it spits out are the things that I'm doing generally anyway. So, um, but for AP seminar, this is my, my maiden voyage, you know, my seminar virgin. And so like, it, it was really helpful to, to try to come up with some of the stuff. And, and one of the things that we do in AP seminar is, I don't know if icebreakers is the right word, but there is a, a public speaking component. There is a, an original thinking and how do we develop questions component, you know, and start with a, a, a brainstorm and then narrow it down kind of thing, which has proved to be very difficult for my students. I think both because they've not been challenged in this way, because they've been able to take it step by step, swallow down the information, you know, vomit it back up on the test, really never have to learn anything and make it through and be valedictorian, you know, or be top of the class. That isn't the case for all the students. There are students who are out there who have a desire to learn, who find that spark. But I'm just saying that the system that we've created, why would they put forth more effort? Why would they? So I think that's been proved. I think it's proven very difficult for the students to want to think and to be potentially wrong. I think that's very scary for them to be potentially wrong and I watched a TED talk with Ken Robinson. Uh, does, are our schools killing creativity? I think is what it was called from 2006. And that's what he would argue that that's how we've set up our educational system. We don't value creativity. We don't value being wrong. In fact, we penalize it very heavily. Um, so yeah, I've been 
I've been thinking about all that as well. But but what I did was was punch out a chat GPT um like icebreaker prompts type thing. My my youngest boy Isaac, his English teacher, has been doing a great job with setting them up with prompts. I will say this that I am playing Zelda at this time. I, I'm not sure how far back I just paused this thing, so this could be choppy coming out. What video game best represents your personality was the question. And we got the Super Nintendo system from from Zelda. And the way that I play the game is I go straight at those guys and try to chop them all down. Um, and often take a lot of hits, go diving headlong into stuff. What's the best account to follow on social media? Um... I do this philosopher's one where I get like roomy quotes and whatever, Carl Jung. That's the best account for me. Best place to spend time outside is definitely at the river or at the ocean if I could, but that's a ways away. Um, what's the farthest place you've been from home? And that's that would be India. Uh, of course, Sarah lived in India for a year after she graduated high school and I got to go over there. Um, I went over there on a trip for a week or two. It was wild, man. It was really wild. Um, I think I've talked on here before about my trip to the leper colony and, and just dealing with the orphanage, the, the kids at the orphanage. But like I rode on an elephant, I stepped an elephant like poop and used a knife i guess i don't know why i had a knife but used something to like cut the bottom of my pants off so i like was wearing capris way before capris were cool maybe i should bring that back um that was very that was really i guess it's the only time i've been out of the country i've been all around the u.s so in the u.s you know how far away is california i guess that's the farthest i've been maybe oregon counts as farther away than that if I had a driver's license in a vehicle, which I do, where would I drive to right now? I'm going to drive to Lowe's here in just a bit. Um, I, I guess this question's asking me more like, would you drive out to Colorado? Um, but I'm going to drive to Lowe's or to SNK and get some flowers to plant in the foundation tower of stone. Um, I intentionally let the foundation tower of stone grow up uh, over these past few weeks in anticipation of creating and refreshing that memorial. Uh, I need to get like a, one of those big hooks, do you call it a shepherd's hook? Because I got this amazing wind chime from, from my friend Christy and, and her friends that was given to us to remember my dad. So yeah, as soon as I, I hang up here, I'm off. Probably, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go by Hannah's. And what place do you think the most clearly? Where do you get your best ideas? Um, the the river, easy. What's the best road trip snack? Mm, you know what? Chocolate covered. I'm sorry. Yeah, is it chocolate covered blueberries? Chocolate covered coffee beans are amazing too, but chocolate covered blueberries. Wow, those are real. Who would you most like to have dinner with? 
Man, that's tough. Is this like a celebrity? What are you asking me, ChatGPT? Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on that one. But uh, maybe, you know, Matthew and, and David and Andrew, that'd be cool. What would be your last meal? <laughs> what would be my last meal? I don't, I don't want to know. Um, I guess if I had to know, like if I was on death row or something, um, I'd probably take a big old slice of pizza from Barley's. Dip it in some fiddle sauce. The worst part of going to school, I, I touched on that already <clears throat> for me, but but there really is this... I don't want to sound like the old guy, like I'm really not that guy. I am full of understanding. I really do understand the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, you know, the, the identity issues that we have. I do understand the, the systematic and, and, and generational, you know, angst that's been passed down over the past several decades. I understand what these kids have been through, but there is this, Like ultimate just defiance. And I don't I don't mean that in that I want to break the kids' spirits. I don't I, I think I would rather them be that I, I think I would rather them have that sense of defiance to them than they, than to be completely, you know, reserved and and submissive. I I like the spirit that's there, but there's just this lack of, of trust, this lack of general trust in the in the system, in the collection of teachers, in whatever. I mean, and it it does make it, it does make it difficult, especially when when we're dealing with 30, 30 kids in a class and. That's just the way that it goes right now. But but really, I love it. I love it. Don't don't misunderstand. Like I've always said that when I forget what it's like to be one of the kids, I will quit doing the job of being a teacher. And so I still do love it. What teacher's class would you want to take again? Man, probably Dr. Karskadden's philosophy class. That's where we met. Um and yeah. What's the best thing to do during lunch at school is to be quiet because that's my 22 minutes of chill in between the final hour uh, that I have because I have fourth grade planning this time. Should you be forced to do summer reading? Yes. I, I know like when I was a student, I didn't read the stuff that they told me I had to read. I don't know. Like, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess to be honest, I really don't remember a book that I was forced to read. That's interesting. Like, I definitely didn't read Madame Bovary, and I didn't read whatever Tell Two Cities. I didn't read. Uh, what's the one about the rich guy in New York? Um, Gatsby. I didn't read that one. I didn't read Things Fall Apart. 
I made really good grades on all these tests, which again goes back to show you that education's been like this for a little while. I read Tell Two Cities later when I wanted to, and I loved it. Um, but I don't know. Making the kids read is good, I think. The best playlist that I've ever made? Wow. I've made a lot of good playlists, y'all. I'm a good playlist maker. I should add that to my identity. For sure. Gotta have that one in the bracket. The most talented person that I know. Wow. Talented person that I know. That is a crazy question to think about. I'm probably going to say Derek Green. Because he can do a whole bunch of different kinds of stuff. Um, farming and, and making you know, clothes and, you know, teaching and skinning chickens and making stuff out of wood and whatever. That's a good question, though. Um, superpower. I'm skip some of these. Do you think we live in a simulation? You know what? That was an interesting question that I asked yesterday. I asked Mr. Good. I asked... Uh, is life more fiction or nonfiction? And I, I think that came to me because I had this sense that I was driving through like Mario Kart land or just in Mario world the other day, just thinking about, uh, just thinking about the silliness that is our national conversation, the silliness of the national conversation that we have politically and religiously and whatever man like this crazy misguided emphasis we have on making college sports into another money maker more than it even is this it's just silly it's just so surface level and sometimes it just feels like I wonder if it's easier for people to live in this make-believe fiction land. Mr. Good had a great, Donnie had a great response to the question, taking a little bit of a different tack, thinking that, you know, it's more fiction because we have these different, you know, things like, like tone and theme and, the denouement, I like that word, you know, the, the climax. We have these we have these literary themes that pop up in our lives and we're continuing to write the story. I don't think we live in a simulation, but I think this goes to the next question and it's what's the purpose of life? And I, I think it was a Rumi quote that I read the other day. I finished up the book. The, the the full collection or the the main collection of Rumi writing that to to say that we can put words on what the meaning is or what the purpose is is ridiculous in a way. Like, can I put a can I put words on who I am? I am the meaning. I am the purpose. And that's not just me. You say that we are the purpose. But yeah, what type of food should be added to the cafeteria men menu? I should bring that square pizza back, man. 
do I think aliens exist? No, but I think that that uh, thing they did down in well, I don't know. I I don't know. It it'd be wild if they did. Like, but I mean, I guess we continue to learn more and more and farther and farther out, and most likely we're looking so far out that the aliens are probably some some other way. But that was funny what those people did. And was it in Peru, wherever it was, where they they got all those people? My students were like, "Man, you see those aliens." Um, but anyway, what we got here? Favorite book and why? I can't answer that. I got too many. If I did a bracket of books, it would be way more than 16. I got to answer it though. I, I got to read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance again soon. Um, I got this book by, mm, I'm going to have to stand up and make some noise in the nook. Let me check it out. You Are Here, Keywords for Life Explorers by David Steindl Rast because um, the the thing that we we found was the notes that my dad had written for the toast for mine and Sarah's wedding. And he quoted that guy. So I'm going to read that one. Um, Lord of the Rings is coming up. I always read that in the fall. So I'm going to do that. But anyway, I'll, uh, I might come back to some of these questions. There's a million of them. But I just want to end. Like I said, I, I, I finished up Rumi. And I want to end with... With reading this rather long poem, I know we're at 25 minutes here, but this one's called Ocean Love. God is pleased when your love realizes it is part of something oceanic and begins to move with the whole. The larger love is more real, being itself reality. These forms a mix of earth and water. Yes, you say, but I already have a deep love. Not deep or vast enough, more like river water filled with silt. Don't wash your hands there. The love you enter lives in the saints. The love you must enter lives in the saints and prophets. It is already the ocean, whereas most loving still filters through countryside, enjoying the passage. The ocean says, quit pretending to be clear. That pretense keeps you from receiving what I can give. Your water wants to reach the sea, but landscape keeps holding it back. If you could shake loose your foot... The earth would be completely dry and ocean water completely free, but desserts and undiluted wine soak you back into wet ground. Wanting wealth, power, and more tasty food have made you drunk. When you can't have what you want, you get headaches. That hungover disappointment is proof that what you made you that what made you drunk was desire. Let a more measured necessity govern the intensity of wanting. You say, I don't need help with this. I am already united with God. That's like groundwater claiming to move with the tide. Not yet. Stay with those who have pure love. The taste of milk and honey is not it. Love instead that which gave deliciousness. This world is a watery shadow of ocean love. That sea of light cannot be contained in single human beings. So leave fragments and be the mountain. As you become existence, you will distribute creation, lavishly blessing everybody. Hold out your apron to catch what comes with being in the presence. Don't tear the cloth collecting stone. Wait for the smooth old coins, the silver and gold. Don't pretend like children that rocks are precious. Let the held out apron be your honesty. And don't worry about finding a white haired teacher. Merging with ocean love has nothing to do with age or the color of anyone's hair.
This has been a Church of Six production. Brought to you by the Bucket of Life, by the Wall of Belief, by the Token of Hope. This too shall pass. I gave a great speech to my psych class the other day based on the Token of Hope and uh, had them jokers in tears, man. By the Magic Rock times two and by the rope of resurrection. Nothing divine is desperate. May all your circumstances serve to awaken compassion. And as you go, teach peace. Don't forget to believe, y'all. And be live. Peace, my friends.